0: Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. I'm excited about this homily because I don't know where it's going to go. So hold on, enjoy the ride. <clears throat> it's the trouble when you have a, you read the scriptures early in the week and then you have all these thoughts that come in. So pray it's pray that it's brief <laughs> so one of my favorite scriptures in Ephesians chapter 3 <clears throat> talks about us as the faithful in the church <clears throat> that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> Paul, uh, the blessed Paul, was able to see way beyond this Earth, way beyond the things of this earth. He saw the heavenlies, and may he's encouraging us to live this life in relationship to being able to comprehend that height and that depth of the kingdom, and that that's what life is about for us. It's experiencing that kingdom. It's not about this stuff. It's not even about this stuff. It's not even about this stuff. It's about the kingdom of heaven, the the greater reality, the invisible reality. So how do we get to experience the greater reality through this lesser reality? In the church, St. Paul says, in the church... um, now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church. So he kind of gives us the means by which we're able to do this. So as I get excited about this and we get excited about the opportunity to experience the heavenlies, we read in the, in the uh, epistle, Paul is, doesn't want to come to Corinth because he's upset at them. Because they haven't done what he's asked them to do yet. and He doesn't want to come and correct them, so he's not going to come. You back up and you begin to look at the epistles generally. Uh, In Galatia, they're struggling with Judaizers, trying to make everybody Jews and not simply Christians by grace. In Colossae, they're believing a heresy. They're melding both Judaism and Oriental religions. So Paul writes a letter to them and says, don't do this. In in Thessalonica, they're shaken in their faith. They're weakened in their faith. So he writes a letter to encourage them. And we see St. Peter and Paul have a disagreement. So how do we then, in the church that has all these issues, How do we then experience the height and the depth of the kingdom? How do we do this? I will tell you how you do this. That's what I'm excited about today. Because there's a way to do this. Because the church is both institution and eschaton. It's institution and the heavens. It's earth and heaven. Institution, eschaton. Now, you can spend your time looking at the institution. And it, many times, does not look very pretty. It's tattered and torn. There's arguments. There's disagreements. There's there's rifts in the parish, our parish. There's struggles all the time. That is just what the institution has. It's an earthly institution. It's going to have that stuff. So let me read from you. If you are looking at the institution in that form, here's what I think you will see. Without the Holy Spirit, we're looking only in the institution. God is far off. Christ is in the past. The gospel is a dead letter. The church is only an organization. Authority is domination. Mission is propaganda. Worship is mere mouthing of words. Christian action is slave morality. That's what happens when you're looking at the institution. And you keep your eyes in the institution. And you see all its fallenness. That's what will happen. This comes the exciting part. You can look through that stuff and see the eschaton. You can see the heavens. You can see God. You can see the saints. You can be with the mother of God. If you look with your eyes, not at, but through the institution and see the eschaton, see the heavens. This is what your Christian faith will be. With him in this indispensable symphony with him. The cosmos is raised and groans with the birth pains of the kingdom. Man struggles against the flesh. Christ is raised. The gospel becomes the power of life. The church offers communion with the Trinity. Authority becomes liberating service. Mission becomes Pentecost. Liturgy is both a memorial and an anticipation, and human action is deified. It's a quote from the book, uh, the Resurrection and modern man by our, our uh, late patriarch Ignatius IV. You can look, you can do this. You can step through the institution. And God's, when you look at the, when you read the epistles, there was all kinds of trouble in the early church. But they looked past the trouble and they saw the kingdom. That's why St. Paul says, May we be able to comprehend with all the saints that which is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. that You may be filled with all the fullness of God. And you can do that if you understand the institution is always going to be fallen. But the eschaton is never fallen. The gates of hell will not prevail against that. God is always present there. So I encourage you not to be dismayed or or discouraged when you see the the struggles in the institution, don't be discouraged. Because there's an eschaton. There's another place. That's the lesser reality. We look to the greater reality. May you be able to comprehend with all the saints that reality. That's Paul's encouragement to the Ephesians. Stop looking at the institution. Look through it to the eschaton. So, that was one thing I was excited about today, this week. So, how do we get there? How do we make this effort? I think it's important that we enter this effort as children, as the Lord said, "Who is the greatest among you?" When the question was asked, because become as little children, by by being that by humble be humbling yourself like children. You will enter the kingdom. So we need to understand that first and foremost, we need to be as little children. And next week, we're going to do a children's homily, which is going to be awesome with the atrium children in the frontier. Humble. Lower ourselves as children before God. We have to understand that humility is the primary virtue for us to enter the eschaton. When we're looking at the other stuff and through pride and opinion... It becomes very hard to enter the kingdom, but in humility, you know how a child can, a child can forget a problem like this. It's such a beautiful thing. They're done. They're done with it. I remember one time, with heartbroken loss in a little league game, and uh, I was so distraught. You know, as a coach, you know you live with those kind of things, and so all the kids are a little. They're they're like upset for five minutes. And then we go eat ice cream, and they're all jumping around, playing on each other. The two teams that we played against are all playing together. I'm going, these kids, they have they humility. They just step away from it. They just stepped away from it. So we need to enter the kingdom as children first. <clears throat> then, for me, myself, how do I look at myself? You know, we say this each time we come into, uh, before we approach the chalice as St. Paul says, of, uh, among sinners of whom I am. chief. Okay, who's the worst sinner in the room? Raise your hand. Hey, yeah, you're getting it. If you see that and you really get that, that's true humility. That means you judge no one. You don't have the right to judge anybody because you're, you're a little bit lower than them. You know how I work that in my mind? And I know you. I know all of you very well. And I can count your sins if I'd like to. I can do it. I got, ooh, that one and that one and that one and that one. But you know what happens when I start counting mine? It's endless. That stack goes to the ceiling and beyond. So I might be able to count the sin of another, but that's not very many, but if I start counting mine. It's, so I am, in that regard, the chief sinner. That's what St. Paul was saying. I know my sins. I know some of yours, but I know all of mine. So I am the chief. If we see that, we treat each other differently. We treat each other with great humility and great respect. We see in each other the image of God. So I'd encourage you to kind of in, embrace that. And so how do we deal with others in this regard to entering the kingdom, the eschaton? You know, we, in our life, are troubled by situations we find ourselves with other people. Each of those situations is given to us by God. We must first understand that. It's given to us by God for our salvation. So how do you deal with someone who you look at and see they have a problem? what 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 first jumps out at you to judge them? Oh, look at that person. I would encourage you to think this way. When you see something troubling in someone else, God has shown that to you because he wants to change them through your prayers. I'll say that again. When you see some trouble in another person, a difficulty in another person, a difficult situation, God has given that to you to pray for because he wants to effect a change in their life through your prayers. You have to see that. Every situation is given that way to us. So, how then do we view the church? The church, as we were told when we first came in by Father Alexander Schmemann, the church is a hospital. The church is a hospital full of sick people. Chief sinners, ill with the pains of passions, the difficulties of life, the scars of our past. All these things that we are the church is a hospital and in a hospital, there are difficult situations that arise and we have to understand and get this idea that we're coming together with all kinds of people that are striving to become healthy, striving to be healed by God. And we have to all of us contribute to that work. We have to deal with that in each other. We're both it. We're all in that sense. Patients and physicians. Patients and physicians. So I think we have to understand and get that, that we're not, the church cannot be seen as this perfect institution where people just always get along. And it's always okay. No, that's not it. It's never been that way, and it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be a hospital where people get well. And make an effort to help other people get well. That becomes That's a huge element of, of, of our faith. Of our relationship to each other. And if in fact we understand this. And get this idea. That the church. Its institution is a means to experience the eschaton. Let me read to you. When we come to this place. In the liturgy. When the priest says thine own of thine own on behalf of all and for all, when he's lifting the gifts to God, here's what is happening in that other realm. Here's what's going on in the eschaton at that moment. This is what I'm most excited about. Heaven and earth are blended into one. Doesn't matter what's going on in the the institution. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in relationship to the struggle you have. You through all of that, and I mean through it, you don't leave it. You go through it and you experience this heaven and earth are blended into one filled with the glory of God. The ages past and the ages still to come are brought into unity. The night and the supper, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, the ascension, the kingdom to come all merged together in a Eucharistic moment. Of the divine liturgy. Man is is with God. In holy communion. Which is not of this world. It's not of this world. All boundaries of time and space. Are utterly broken. All the walls of division. Are utterly destroyed. Man's sins are forgiven in Christ. His impurities are cleansed. His corruption is healed. His mortal nature is restored to immortality with God. His created humanity is filled with the uncreated divinity of the all-holy trinity. It only remains now to seal this action by the invocation of the Spirit of God and make this bread the precious body of Christ. That's the eschaton. That's where you can go. That's where we should all go. That's what God has given to us, not to live in this world, but live through it to the heavenlies. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.